When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello there, and welcome to It's an S-Pod Thing, the podcast revisiting every episode of S-Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S-Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So, my guest on the podcast today is Ariane Anantaputri. Hello. Hello. So, uh, thank you for joining me. I always start by asking, what is your history with S-Club 7? And have you ever seen this TV show before? So, uh, my history with S-Club 7... They're like a distant memory to me, but I remember some parts of of my relationship with them really, really vividly. I have seen the show. Specifically, I've seen Hollywood 7 and LA 7 because I grew up in Australia. And when I was living there, that would be on. And my parents would like record it on our uh, VHS tapes, like on our DVR to play back. And when we moved back to Indonesia... There were there was nothing for me to watch on TV, so that's what I would rewatch over and over. Um, and there's a copy of um, their concert film around my house somewhere. I just haven't found it, but I watched that a lot growing up. And yeah, I was obsessed with Rachel. Um, mm, I was course. obsessed with Tina, and um, I didn't really care for any of the boys, which is very telling as to who I eventually became. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah that, that's my uh, relationship with them so today we're talking about hollywood seven episode three which is called public relations and it aired on cbbc on the 11th of october 2001 the episode starts with the band sitting around reading all these sort of tabloid newspapers mm. and magazines and I mean, it's it's a hell of an opening because it starts with Hannah going, hey, have you read this about Michael Jackson? <laughs> and I was immediately like, what? That woke me up straight yeah. away. Which which thing about Michael Jackson in 2001, may I ask? <laughs> and they're all kind of like, I think John says, I know, is that even physically possible? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't remember if the baby thing had happened yet when he was dangling a baby out of a window. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I love the bit where I can't remember who said it, but um, the aliens. It was, it was a bit about reading something about aliens in the tabloids. And I was like, this is so... I Yeah, like the news. president has been abducted um, yeah. by aliens yeah. and the entire White House staff. Incredible. And S Club 7 are just like believing all of it without yeah. question, taking yeah. it at completely face value. Absolutely. That little exchange about Michael Jackson happens. I don't usually write stuff down that early in the episode, but literally in this one, I was like, oh, okay, we're going straight (laughs) in, are we? Um, Their manager, Dean, comes Mm. in with news that he's hired them a PR consultant. Mm. And they all 
couldn't care less could they like they're all kind of like oh how exciting and sort of rolling their eyes like they are not caring about this step up in their career at all it's it's really really funny how just how like i think when i've i've seen this episode before um how just like at the time you didn't really get what a pr representative was or what public relations were in the first place and that like it's such an integral part of being famous and to put it in a kid's show i thought was pretty like pretty cool like pretty baller to to sort of lift the curtain a little bit um on what that's like for them yeah i don't think they understand yeah. what it is either yeah they are they are <laughs> mentally children in yeah. this show and they're all just kind of like oh dean's hassling us again what's he done now yeah and he's like no no i'm trying to help you guys in your career and they're all just kind of rolling their eyes like in this show they they haven't really had much success as a band no, like yeah. the first two series they've just been kind of struggling in this third series things are kind of looking up for them a bit because they only got this manager recently but they are still just so nonplussed about (laughs) everything (laughs) um so yeah that's the point where paul is like now this is exciting news the president's been abducted by aliens (laughs) that's what paul's more invested in yeah i would be too um so true paul because the sort of the arc of this episode really is that the band kind of learn, oh, you can't always believe what, what you read, you read in papers, yeah, don't you? Sure. That's like the the message of the episode, I guess. Yeah, that and like it's them. You know, the band would prefer to be themselves as opposed to any like fabricated persona mm-hmm. um, put onto them, which I think is also pretty wholesome. But the shenanigans they get up to in this episode are like. The, they're the best they make me smile from ear to ear at how ridiculous it is oh. <laughs> yeah this pr person is just i don't know what planet she's on like the the plans she comes up with um because yeah. the band do sort of perk up a little bit when dean is like oh you know you're looking at all these papers now you're gonna be the ones in the papers soon yeah. and they're suddenly like oh really like again going back to what we said before i don't think they understand what pr is yeah um but they're like what we're gonna be in the papers and they all kind of go yeah and john goes bring it on Deanie baby which I did not enjoy at all <laughs> no I winced um but John has a really great PR arc here it's like my favorite um celebrity drama trope like ever. yeah um <laughs> Uh, but yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah they go to meet this pr person who is called lovely aspinall uh is that supposed to be anything <laughs> is that supposed to be something i don't know and she's played by uh susan dalian who i looked up and she seems to be quite a big like sort of voice actor nowadays Ooh, and what's she done um anime stuff i'm okay. not that familiar with that sort of thing to be honest Fair but enough. she seems to be uh you know she's still working now which is good for this show Sick. and she does a pretty good job in this i think she uh yeah. she's a bit sort of deranged isn't she but she's yeah, like she trying is. her best <laughs> she's she's yeah unhinged um yeah she's she's what i imagine like you know chris jenner would be like working on behalf of her children um yeah. to like pedal pedal their lives to the masses um yeah and they don't have any say in anything she's exactly just, like yeah. running it all yeah like, <laughs> planning these mad things yeah stunt after stunt it's yeah so she outlines her plan uh first of all she says she's going to get paul and bradley a big sponsorship deal mm-hmm. 
And I mean, why just Paul and Bradley? Yeah, I feel not? like she's, yeah, she's looked at the band and gone, there's too many people here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to split them up into little factions so I can yeah. cope with this. I don't think Nike's yeah. willing to spare 14 pairs of shoes to, to sponsor <laughs> all of these people. Yeah, we only need like two people from this seven person band to have mm. a sponsorship deal. We don't want the other five. Yeah, and she she tells the girls they're going to be on the cover of every magazine, and she's quite vague about what mm-hmm. that's going to involve. And obviously, we'll find out why soon yeah. because she's got these mad things planned. Um, and she tells John that he's going to have a high profile right romance. Mm. And I quite like this bit where John is like, "But I haven't even managed to have a low profile romance." <laughs> Bless him. Bless him. He's oh, oh, John. He's really he's really good in this episode, I think. Like Yeah, yeah. I feel quite sorry for John in this episode. For he's sure. quite sort of put upon, isn't he? And yeah. she's very insistent that it has to be John as well. Because yeah. at first Bradley's like, Oh, I'll have a romance with someone. And John is just like, Oh yeah, yeah, does it have to be me? And for some reason lovely Aspinall is like, Yes, it does have to be John. Yeah. Maybe she's like, maybe she's sussed out that he's gay and she wants to like have a beard arranged or something. Already ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're all at the apartment. Yeah. Joe has been told to get dressed up. So she's wearing like a sparkly dress and sunglasses in yeah. the middle of the day. And she's going to meet someone called Sherry, but she doesn't know what for. Yeah. Um, and she sort of gets ambushed when she leaves the apartment, doesn't she? There's like photographers and yeah. there's a woman called Sherry who's claiming to be her long lost mother. <laughs> and Joe is not playing along at all. She's kind not of like, all. what are you on about? My mum's in Essex. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That always gets me. Um Oh my gosh. And the actress playing her mother, I mean, Sherry, is also really like, she's trying to save face. She's really trying to keep the ball rolling um, <laughs> when it's clearly not going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, it's so it's so funny. Yeah, this is kind of a flaw in all of the plans, isn't it? Because yeah. throughout the episodes, she drops these PR stunts on them. And she doesn't brief anyone about it in advance. So at S Club 7 are not used to like... You know, improvising they yeah. don't want to do a, a yes and they're just kind of like what are you on about what is this <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not playing along at all <laughs> what's all this then <laughs> it's also just like oh i love how they're just like you said earlier yeah they have no idea what pr is and they just <laughs> that's the entire premise of of the struggles in this episode they just have no idea what's going on and Maybe that's why their career's not been, you know, doing as well as they should have been um, on the show. Um, yeah, they've been living in LA just waiting for something to happen. And even when they got way. a manager a few episodes, yeah. ago, episodes ago, it was basically like by chance. Yeah. And I love how when Joe is leaving the apartment, Paul just goes, I think this PR thing's going to be just great. <laughs> Thanks, Paul, you've jinxed it now. It's all going to be terrible. Oh my goodness. So they have that disaster with Joe, and yes. John then goes to meet his new girlfriend, Jewel God. Twang, who is <laughs> what a name, awful, but also kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm obsessed with her. Oh my God, she's so ridiculous. <laughs> She's wearing like red leather trousers yeah. and those sort of like heart-shaped sunglasses that 
have jewels in them and you could get them from like Claire's accessories or you yes. could get them with a magazine at the time. Yeah. And she refers to herself in the third person as well. She sort Jewelies. of takes one yeah. look at John and is like, Jewel wouldn't date this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you'd be doing charity, Jewel. I was just like, oh my God, right in front of his face. Poor John. <laughs> yeah. Lovely is like, oh, I'll take you to one side. But they're like a foot away from John, just having a conversation about how rubbish he is. Oh my God. Yeah. She yeah, she calls him a, a puny, pasty-faced no-hoper. <laughs> Poor John. Poor John. But also, like... It's 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 kind of it's it's kind of on the nose, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the duel is so intense. Like when when later on they uh, have their little like exchange of what it is that they're gonna do. They're like walk on the beach or when they're sitting on the swings and stuff. I'm just like, yeah, she is an insane person. But I know that you know <laughs> there are probably people in Hollywood trying to make it that are exactly like her somehow. <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely like a narcissist, isn't she? Yeah, for um, sure. And she also, she tells Love, because I guess Lovely must be her PR person as well, mm. and that's why they've kind of set this up. And she tells her that she wants to date Ricky Martin instead. <laughs> and it's like, Jewel, if you want to date a gay man, John is right there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she oh. kind of tries to pitch it to Jewel, doesn't she? Like, oh, this yeah. relationship will be good for your career. And she tells her that it'll be like doing charity work because John is like so beneath her. It'll make her look good. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, it'll, it'll humanise her. <laughs> Poor John, and Poor John. I quite like this bit as well where uh, Lovely is kind of like, you know, he's clean, he's got nice hair, yeah. and she runs out of things to say, so John jumps in and is like, I've got healthy gums as well. Which is, you know, rare, because British stereotypes back then especially, is that they all have bad teeth. Um, so yeah, Americans probably found yeah. that hilarious watching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird stereotype because when you're British, you don't really know, you, you don't know about it. And then when you're an adult or something, you're like, wait, they think what? They think we have terrible teeth. Um, no, I just <laughs> remember growing up seeing just like if they have, a, if they have like a British person or if it's like a pirate show or something, they always mm-hmm. have really crooked, like yellow teeth. And I was like, where, where did this come from? Because, you know, you watch the Sarah Kane Chronicles and they all have great teeth. Um, <laughs> I think S Club Seven. I haven't noticed anything weird about their teeth at all. Maybe, no. yeah. In the in the show, they're battling stereotypes. John has got healthy gums. They had to yeah. point that out. They do. They're so yeah. They're paving the way. They're so diverse in their you know dental health. Um. <laughs> so that toxic relationship has been set up now for PR reasons. Uh, meanwhile, Paul and Bradley are like pondering what they might be promoting in their sponsorship <laughs> deal. And Bradley is hoping that it's going to be sweets, which is adorable. It's so cute. He's the best. And he's also like, um, oh, ma- or maybe it'll be a sports car. And then he just starts making noises like, no, no, like going down the street <laughs> like a little child pretending to be a car. Perpetually children. Bradley, I think, like, I wish there was more of him in this episode. Just because, yeah, yeah, just because everybody else got like bigger things to do. But obviously, later we find out that, you know, Bradley and Paul have the biggest like laugh, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, because for ages, Bradley and Paul are the ones who like haven't really been ga- been given anything to do yet because yeah. they're sort of waiting to find out what they're going to be sponsoring. And yeah, they're kind of they're assuming here that they'll get like a lifetime supply of whatever they're promoting. Yeah, so they think that. if it's an advert for a bank, they'll get a lifetime supply of money. <laughs> <laughs> Such children. Love that. Yeah, John and Jewel go for a walk along the beach with all these sort of journalists and photographers yeah. around them. And Jewel is wearing another like iconic early 2000s outfit. She's got sort oh. of camouflage trousers on, hasn't she? The the crop t-shirt and yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks great. Yeah, and she's kind of continuing to like just roast John, isn't she? Yeah, like to his face this time. Um... And John's unimpressed. One of the reporters asks if it was love at first sight and Jewel is like... Oh well, it was for him. I don't usually date guys as old as John, and John is like nineteen at this point in the show as well. Oh my gosh, which is and I love how like they bring that up. Um, yeah, he's he's nineteen. She's like considerably younger. I'm assuming. Yeah, they say she's like a teen pop star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're gonna tie the knot. Are you gonna get married? Oh. And you can, like, the, the journalists are clearly, like, in earshot of them shit-talking each other. <laughs> uh, and no one's picked up on a scoop of, you know, trouble in paradise and make it interesting. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I yeah. Yeah, because they, they, they want them to kiss for the cameras, don't they? And John yeah. looks visibly disgusted. Completely. And so does she. Oh, oh my gosh, they were just, like, scowling, um when their lips touched it was really really funny yeah and did you notice that where they kiss and there's like a weird like sort of burp noise added in oh my god really did yeah and then john i had to watch it a few times because i was like this noise is not matching up with anything that's going on they kiss there's a burp noise and then john sort of pulls away and is like coughing so i'm guessing the implication is that she has like burped in his mouth when they've kissed somehow (laughs) (laughs) but the sound is so like just clearly like added in afterwards and it's like it sounds like it's probably like a man burping that's probably like the generic burp sound effect but I think the implication is that she's burped in his mouth. She's burped in his mouth. She hates him. Um, I love, yeah, I love that whole sequence where she's like um, complimenting herself via um, yeah. telling the reports about John. Uh, yeah, no, she's she's really funny. Um, I think one of the, like, I really enjoy the, the PR person, but I think Jewel is the kind of um, character that sticks in my head. Um yeah, we've got some memorable characters in this episode. Yeah. She kind of like, she's a bit of a scene stealer. I, I looked her up. I can't remember her name now, but I don't think she is an actor anymore. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if maybe she she's playing a teenager. I wonder if she mm-hmm. actually was a teenager at this point. She looks like she could be a bit older. But, yeah, um, yeah. She, she does a good job in this episode she being really this sort of just selfish, like pop star. And John yeah. is just like, really sullen next to her throughout the whole episode you're gonna have a nice intimate walk on the beach just the two of you and one or two tiny discreet journalists hi hi how you doing guys um yeah yeah. Uh, how did you guys get together um i don't know maybe maybe i did something really bad in a past life (laughs) and was it love at first sight (laughs) no it was for jonathan not for me 
I don't normally date guys as old as Jonathan. I mean, he's 19. But although he's past his best and his looks are fading, I realize it's what's inside that really matters. And what do you love most about John? The fact that he loves me so much and thinks I'm so beautiful and so talented and so perfect and wonderful in every way. And what do you love most about Jewel? Um, I, I quite like, um, I, um, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of, I quite like, no, no, I don't, wait, um. He loves the fact that I'm so beautiful and so talented and so perfect and wonderful in every way. And do you think you two will be together for a long time? <laughs> no way. Not a long time, no. We'll be together for eternity, won't we, honey? Well, can, can we get a kiss for the cameras? Of course. Jonathan, hug her up, honey. Jonathan. 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 Kiss me now! When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. So after that, we're then back at the apartment and the band are starting to realize that their beloved sort of tabloid newspapers might not be telling the truth all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taken a while, this journey. It's very yeah. gradual because John is telling them all about how much he hates Jewel and Rachel <laughs> is like, but it says in here, you're deeply in love. <laughs> she still isn't getting it. <laughs> oh, precious Rachel. Oh yeah, no, it's it's the fact that they're all really just like, oh, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. Let's see where it goes. Is also really, really sweet of them, I think. Like, yeah. Um, that whole, yeah, it, it's all very innocent, I guess. Um, yeah and I think they still don't quite know what PR is because they don't seem to understand what a PR relationship is because they're telling John that he should just dump her and yeah, he's I was like, like well, no I can't that's, yeah, that's, that's the point, point. <laughs> yeah. and this is the point where Joe enters the room in a very like dramatic EastEnders sort of way because this Sherry woman is trying to follow her into the apartment and like scrabbling at the door and Joe is like you're not my mother oh yeah yeah oh my gosh i remember maybe i hallucinated this but i just remember um joe in some sort of like really big coat maybe i'm confusing it for another episode sorry tangent but um yeah 
Yeah. Um, the fact that, like, you know, they assigned her a fake mother and the others didn't clock that, like, oh, so maybe they're, like, telling lies about us. Um, <laughs> they probably don't get it. They're, Rachel is probably like, but, but it says here that she is your mother, Joe. <laughs> then who did you all meet in Essex? Because um, <laughs> I can't remember now. Is the actress, I think, who's playing the mum, I think she's American, isn't she? So I don't know. Yeah, what she Mary is. Yeah, yeah. Like long lost American mum. And she had, she had like a whole story on the doorstep just being like, oh, I had to give her up or something like that. And Joe's like, what you want about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so good. But yeah, yeah, all the photographers and reporters in this episode are pretty dumb because, yeah, yeah. they're just taking everything at face value, not actually listening to the band. <laughs> they're just like, oh, yeah, she is her mother, even though she's saying no. that she isn't. It'd be much more interesting, like, PR wise, because, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, um, apparently. If they're kind of just like, yeah, um, they dispute the birth claims or, or, or something like that. But I may be thinking too hard for, for you know, a CBB show from 2001. <laughs> um, yeah, a similar sort of stunt happens now with Hannah and Rachel. Because cool. they're appearing on something called the Jeffrey Swinger show, <laughs> which has been, it's like on the beach for some reason. Like yeah. they, they didn't want it to do a sort of studio set. They were like, oh, well, this TV show can just be filmed on the beach. Yeah. And they naively think that they're there to talk about the band. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah says they've got a record deal, which is weird because they don't. Um, <laughs> spoiler, spoilers, they get a record deal in the episode after this one. So possibly <laughs> they like mixed up the order a bit there um and yeah they think they're promoting the band but jeffrey swinger is like wrong you're here to talk about the fact you're both dating the same guy which they've never seen in their (laughs) entire life they have no idea who this guy is (laughs) again lovely why didn't you brief them you could have prepared them whereas what she gets is the guy comes on and hannah and rachel are both just like i've never seen him before in my life (laughs) that's and then the the host the fake um you know jerry springer he's like but apparently he was dating rachel while he was dating hannah and and the whole crowd is just like aghast um and and um, hannah and rachel are super super confused also rachel looks great in this episode by the way um by the time they get to the song i'm just like wow stunner obsessed with her (laughs) yeah and they both just look baffled throughout this whole thing because there's another twist as well isn't there because they bring out this guy's twin brother yeah like oh he's been dating the girls as well and again (laughs) hannah and rachel are like what is going on yeah after that tina is the only one out of the girls who hasn't had anything sort of sprung on her yet um but her time has come Mm -hmm. she's walking down the street with lovely who suddenly just like puts a hospital gown on her and all these reporters swoop in and she's like tina's ready to talk about her extensive plastic surgery (laughs) which was such a huge deal by the way back then when you found out a celebrity had plastic surgery and now you're just kind of looking through their instagram being like oh which doctor did bella hadid's face but um yeah Yeah, who hasn't had plastic surgery exactly and then back then it was like such a huge deal um and this show presents a weird version of what plastic surgery actually involves because um she's talking to the reporters saying that tina (laughs) has had 
Dolly Parton's nose sewn onto her face <laughs> and she's got an eyebrow from J-Lo and one of Barbara Streisand's ears. So it's like, I wonder how many kids watched this and thought, oh, that's how plastic surgery works. You just, like, other people donate body parts to yeah, you and you just, just get them fixed onto your face. They just Frankenstein a famous person together. Uh, that's so hilarious. <laughs> just imagine Jennifer Lopez walking around with one eyebrow because she was so yeah. kind to donate it to Tina from S Club 7. <laughs> um, and Dolly Parton doesn't have a nose anymore. Tina's yeah. got it instead. Dolly's been doing so much for humanity. The vaccine, donating her own nose. Um, <laughs> She's a generous person. Exactly. <laughs> so, and as expected, Tina is like kicking off going i've never had plastic surgery in my life it's disgusting it's very judgmental as well this yeah. episode it's very like um sort of oh that's gross why would i have in- i think she says something about yeah. injecting bits of dead animal into my face or yeah. something like that and lovely kind of looks at her and is like you do know this is la <laughs> like everyone <laughs> has had plastic surgery but yeah yeah actually now come to think of it like the way that they show that they really want to the band really wants to stay grounded and, and remain who they are is by sort of like you know making a point to point out how gross and shit everything is in LA um which I think is really really interesting I don't know maybe it's like again like a like a cultural thing as well like in England in America everything seems like you know excessive in America doesn't it um yeah s club seven definitely kind of stand out in la because they're like really sort of unenthusiastic and not wanting not sort of bigging themselves up a lot of the time yeah listen after everything that's happened to the others i'm a little bit nervous about what you've got planned for me there's nothing to worry about uh i don't have to pretend to be someone's girlfriend or long lost mother or daughter twin no you just have to be you great Except uh, maybe not in those clothes. What do you mean? Well, I was thinking maybe this is more you. Uh, but, but, but this is a hospital gown. <laughs> Tina's ready to talk about her extensive plastic surgery. What, what plastic surgery? I haven't had any plastic surgery. She has. She's had Dolly Parton's nose sewn onto her face, one of Barbara Streisand's ears, and an eyebrow from Jennifer Lopez. Have you had a gerbil's brain transplanted into your head? No. Was that supposed to be good? I've had botulism injected into my cheekbones and pig's fat in my lips. <laughs> this is complete nonsense. Oh, mind your stitches, honey. I haven't had any plastic surgery. You haven't? Well, how come you look so good? Probably because I'm not squirting bits of dead animal into my face on a daily basis. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't want to. You do know this is L.A. It's kind of obligatory. And yeah, the next scene is where they're in a cafe and this is the bit where Hannah sort of has a little bit of a moment where she's like, oh, I just want us to be famous for our music, not mm-hmm. for anything else. And I, I wrote down, nobody tell her about the S Club 7 TV show. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, it's just about the music, guys. <laughs> it is It is. It is about the music because, uh, you know, my favourite S Club 7 song is the feature song in this episode. But also the theme yeah, song. Yeah, you were lucky there. You got a good yeah, one. They're really, um, really lucky. They're early in the series at the moment. They're uh, bringing out the uh, the bangers, and then usually mm. when they get to later in the series, they're like on the album tracks. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're still looking through all these tabloids, 
Hannah is like, oh, there's a story about my secret pain and it's about like an ingrown toenail that she's had. (laughs) Um, There's something about Rachel's time behind bars and it's because she used to do gymnastics. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're clutching at straws, these journalists. Absolutely. Doing gymnastics is such a crime. (laughs) That's all they could find in Rachel's history that was like a bad thing, a scandal. (laughs) And so they're all a bit miffed, apart from Paul and Bradley, who are still being all like, oh, any publicity is good publicity. But that's basically because they haven't had to do anything yet. Yeah. Um, And they have no sympathy for the rest of the band. No, not at all. Um, This did make me laugh, this bit where some of them feel quite bad for John. But Paul is like, John's all right. He's having a great time. And then we cut to John being told he has to propose to Jewel. <laughs> I swear, how long do you think they've been going out for at this point? A few days or something? 48 hours tops. <laughs> like, my goodness. Yeah. But that's that's what I love about Hollywood relationships, though. Um, pregnancy it's announcement. It's a whirlwind romance. Yeah, it's a whirlwind romance. Whirlwind tabloid romance. Yeah. Um, Actually, when they're on the beach, isn't she wearing like the same outfit? She is wearing the, the same outfit, yeah. So maybe yeah. it's just one day. <laughs> one day, yeah. They've been dating for 24 hours, they're madly in love, and now they're going to get married at the age of <laughs> 19 and however old like Jewel 15 is. 15 or 15, something. yeah, yeah. And obviously John is not up for this at all. Not at all. He tells her he'd rather marry a ferret. <laughs> and they just start hurling a load of insults at each other. Yeah. And the photographers actually start to catch on at this point because they kind of sneak up on them while they're having this massive argument, don't they? Yeah, they do, they do, yeah, yeah. And a breakup is usually much better publicity, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> When it comes to yeah PR relationships, and they they should have some good photos here of them like they're like physically fighting. Yeah, they each are other, like wrestling they? in the sand, full on like <laughs> <laughs> like pushing each other over repeatedly and like yeah. tackling each other. And there's a weird bit where John, when they're sort of hurling insults at each other, mm-hmm. well, she calls him a useless piece of geek, which I enjoyed, <laughs> and he says something about her eyebrows that I couldn't really understand. I played it a load of times, and it sounds like he says, you have ruckled eyebrows, but I don't know what that means. But, but she's furious, whatever it means. Like, she is not happy. She got J-Lo's other eyebrow, how dare he? Um... <laughs> My goodness. If anyone knows what that word is, I'll include a clip in the podcast. It sounds like he says ruckled, but I don't yeah. know what that could be. She takes it so personally as well. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say that my eyebrows are ruckled? Yeah. So that relationship is quickly over. Yeah. And that's the last we see of Jewel, isn't it? I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. I want her to yeah, be a yeah, recurring character, like a nemesis. Yeah, and like, or maybe like she would try and get back with John for once they start taking off, you know, like she starts asking yeah. her to get back together for more favors and stuff. I feel like that would be really interesting. Yeah, she's going to regret it in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you all just need to chill out. I mean, what's the big deal? It's only a few stories and a few papers. Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're just walking around getting cool sponsorships. We're being made fools of. Yeah, what about poor old John? John's all right. He's having a great time. You want me to what? I told you. I have a record coming out soon, so I need you to propose. Propose? Yes, in public. And try not to look like a complete freak. I'm not proposing to you. I'd rather marry a ferret. Possess facial hair for a start. You are contractually obliged to propose to me. Yeah, well, I'd rather live off a diet of beetles and roaches than propose to you. 
Well, you walk funny. Yeah, well, you have ruckled eyebrows. Well, you swallow loudly. Yeah, well, I'd rather rip out my intestines with a teaspoon than spend five minutes alone with you. Fine. Go ahead. Once my record comes out, you can do what you want. Because my lawyers are going to tell your lawyers. It's over. There's no need. Because I'm telling you now it's over. You can't say that. Uh, yes, I can. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over! So, that's over. Um, Paul and Bradley are finally summoned uh, because Lovely has got a product for them pr- to promote. Um, Bradley still has his heart set on sweets. Bless him. Mm. He's like, is it sweets? And she says that the feedback for sweets is that their faces will be too scary for children. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. I also think children have a hard time keeping track. There's so many of them. There's seven of them. Um, oh wait, no. There's just two. The two of them are getting the the, the sponsorship, right, right, right. Um, yeah, but it's so they've just. It's like she's just chosen an arbitrary two from yeah. the band. Um, she tells them they're not manly enough to promote ice cream soda, and <laughs> they're too out of shape to promote sports gear, which Bradley is quite outraged by. Yeah, um, and she also says they're too irresponsible for a car and too stupid for a bank. And I do agree with both yeah, of those. I would not trust there. a bank no. with like Paul and Bradley from S Club no. Seven as the face of the bank. I wouldn't trust them with a car either. Um <laughs> Yeah, they're too immature. I mean, in a recent episode, Paul like had a serious car accident, so I don't think he's qualified to be promoting a car. Mm, exactly, yeah. And yeah, it turns out they're going to be promoting a brand of wigs, and if they refuse, the only other option available is incontinence pants, because clearly <laughs> like the offers have been slim. Yeah, mate, the wig commercial. I think it is at the end, or I don't know. I don't remember when it comes up, but it's... Yeah, they're so they're so into it as well. They're they're literally like they've been briefed. I wonder why they were briefed ahead of time as to what they were doing, <laughs> and it took so long for them to be briefed as to what they were doing. Um, but Paul and Bradley really give their all into this little wig commercial. It's so so cute. Yeah, if Lovely was following like her usual strategy, she would have just like not Ambushed told them what them. the product yeah. was and just thrown them into the set for the, the commercial. Like, here yeah. you go, get on with it. Yeah, if somebody puts on two wigs on them and they're just like, "Are we selling the the store? What are we doing?" Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah. Also, Bradley's wig is just my favorite thing in the whole world. He looks absolutely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, a red wig, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Paul calls him Destiny's child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is the point where they sort of turn, isn't it? Because previously yeah. Paul and Bradley were like, oh, everything's going great. Yeah, and yeah, now they yeah. storm into the house and are like, I think Bradley says, we're sick of all these lies. I've <laughs> <laughs> done a complete 180 now yeah. that they've actually... And it's not even that bad promoting some wigs. Like, no, it could no, be they worse. got like the best of it. I think, like, they, they got the good <laughs> PR deals. But yeah, they're they're both fuming, and so this is the breaking point, and this is where the band are like, "Let's go and get her," and they march out of the apartment together, and we get a song, which mm-hmm. is 
uh, You, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, one of your favourites. Mm-hmm. And it's the theme tune of the series as well. So we get a sort of a double dose of You, you. in this yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. As usual, not really related to anything in the plot. <laughs> it's just a no. little sing song. No, a little sing song. I really love the way it was shot, though. Just the whole, like, um, their little solo bits when they're, they're just driving around um or somebody's driving them around and and when they're like looking through all the magazines i thought that was really really fun yeah it's just like them making their way to the office isn't it but yeah it's been shot quite nicely they're sort of running down the street and like when it's someone's solo bit they're like at the front yeah it's quite cool um they're yeah at one point they're standing at a newsstand looking through all these um tabloids and stuff yeah one of the headlines says joe's drink and drug hell which seems a bit much for a children's show yeah. it's like they slipped that one in yeah why didn't she do any hard time for that um <laughs> yeah they needed to focus on rachel doing gymnastics yeah that's so much worse than a drink and drug hell <laughs> yeah and in one of the magazines there's an advert for spot cream with john and this is actually a callback to a previous episode there was an episode in the last series where john was really excited that he got a modeling job <laughs> and then he turned up and it was for like a spot cream advert Plus so i was quite surprised they don't usually do callbacks in this show i guess That's because so you know it's cute. a kid's show they don't yeah. want to sort of it's like each week is its own separate thing but yeah Yeah. i was surprised to see the little uh spot cream advert coming up it's a nice nod just for the just for the writers maybe that's so cute i love that though how like that was such an early 2000s thing i remember that spot cream trope on hannah montana as well um yeah yeah but spot cream's really big i guess they i remember seeing a lot of adverts for them when i was a teenager i guess yeah and having like spots or acne was like the worst thing in the world apparently as a teen Mm. um it, it is but um yeah yeah there's also a running thing in this show where they use the word pop a lot as a kind of substitute swear word. Yeah. Um, And we've been on a whole journey with this, where in the last series, there was a cereal in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. which was called like Corn Pops. Hmm. And now in this episode, pretty much every magazine has an advert for Corn Pops on the back (laughs) cover. So just thought I'd point this out. This is like a thing in the S Club 7 universe. Yeah, an Easter egg in the S Club 7 universe. (laughs) Yeah, the people doing the props and the set design were like, yeah, Yeah, we'll just put Corn Pops on every magazine. (laughs) The kids will love that. And after the song, they they arrive at the office and we don't actually see what happens. Yeah, we don't. Uh, Presumably it was too horrific to show us because we just see the kind of aftermath, which is like a newspaper article saying that lovely Aspinall was found wrapped in hundreds of magazines and newspapers. (laughs) And at this point I was like, did they kill her? (laughs) They dumped the body and hid it under a bunch of newspapers. Poetic justice. Um, Yeah, because usually if there's an article and it says like, oh, so-and-so was found, it's a bit like, oh, okay, they're they're dead. dead. (laughs) (laughs) But the article does then go on to say she's not going to be pressing any charges against the seven suspects. So she is alive. (laughs) They didn't kill her. They just brutally attacked her somehow. And they knew it was seven suspects. She decided to disclose (laughs) exactly who it was. 
<laughs> yeah, um, and Paul is reading out this article, and John goes, "Now that's what I call good PR." And it's like, <laughs> is it, John? It, number one, it doesn't even mention you. No. Number two, like, it's not a good story showing even a good light. What are you no. talking about? That's what. I, it's much better than dating an absolute um, teen pop psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, this is the point where we get to see the the commercial for yeah. the wigs, which is quite cute, isn't it? It's adorable. It's like they they found out, you know, we've got to promote these wigs, but we're gonna give it our all. Yeah, they really they really put everything into it, and I think Bradley was much more into it than Paul was. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, and it cuts back to the band afterwards, mm-hmm. and they're all just suddenly wearing wigs, wigs, yeah, and going, which like, is really cute. Oh gag. yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah. Yeah, they all looked cool. I think Tina looked like she was in a soap or something. She's got a sort of like middle-aged, like yeah, yeah, short yeah. haircut going on. It's so cute. And the episode ends with Joe going, oh, this is so stupid. Joe just goes, from now on, I think we should do our own PR. And they're all like, yeah, and throw <laughs> their wigs in the air. And it's like a freeze frame, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> S Club 7 are not going to do their own PR. They can no. barely get out of bed in the morning in this show. Yeah. And then this is the, the series where um, Paul and uh, Hannah start dating, right? Yes, that is coming up, I think, in a few episodes' time. Um, my, mem- my memories of it aren't that clear, so I remember yeah. it happening. But yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens when that comes up. Yeah, they're um, doing their own PR there, so keeping their word. <laughs> Yeah, the moral of the story in this episode is like, PR people are unnecessary. You can just do it yourself, Yourself, apparently. (laughs) That's how all famous people should do it. That's how they need to be um, authentic. They need to just do their own PR. Do their own PR. Submit your own blind items to Dumois. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Do your own paparazzi photos. It'll be great. It'll be great. (laughs) So any any final thoughts on the episode at all? Um, I thought it was super, super fun. I kind of forgot how um, quick the show was. Like, I barely remember what it was like as it is because I was super young when it came out. But I didn't realise how, like, they, they're actually, like, this is a proper little sitcom um, that they're, they're doing. I mean, their acting chops and comedic timing may not be the best all the time. <laughs> but I think they really brought it this episode. I thought they they all really played into to how ridiculous it was because surely they could relate to what the, the fictional versions of themselves were going through with like yeah you know what they have to do to to promote themselves and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I thought this was a fun episode. There was a lot going on, and everyone kind of got their own little bit to do, didn't they? Like yeah, it was quite did, spread yeah. out because um, often it'll focus on a few people and then you'll be like wait tina hasn't done anything in this episode but they all got to have their their own little thing um quite memorable guest characters which is a bit unusual for this show usually they're a bit bland but Mm -hmm. lovely was pretty good jewel was an icon yes (laughs) i'll put a, a picture on social media so people can like bask in these looks that she had going on she was serving she was serving looks um yeah 
And we had a good song at the end as well. Yeah, you, we did, yeah. It was a nice uh, upbeat one. Because we're only on episode three. Mm-hmm. I'm not sick of it as the theme tune yet. When I get to later <laughs> in the series, I'll probably be like, I never want to hear that song again. <laughs> but I'm still enjoying it at this point. It's lovely. Yeah, um, my dad got me um, like a cassette tape of Sunshine just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. It's like an early birthday present. And I'm just looking at it like... Oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, never had a dream. Andrew was on this. Um, you was like the third track. So are they going it? Are they doing it like in order, um, or is it just whatever they want? Um, the first episode of the series was True Colors. Oh yeah, okay. So they weren't. Yeah. Um, and then what was the last episode? I can't remember now. Mm, can't remember off the top of my head. But then yeah, you in this one, and then the next one they bring out Don't Stop Moving. Yeah. The big guns. Yeah, bringing out the big guns in the next episode where they are, spoilers, going to get a record deal. Yeah. (laughs) So before we finish, where can people find you on Twitter and is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, So you can find me on Twitter at Ariane and Indita. Um, Anything I'd like to plug, I've got a newsletter that comes out every Wednesday called Hyperfixate about yeah pop culture artifacts and weird celebrity shenanigans um on arianneandita.substack.com and i've also got my podcast uh, drip town lemory main which is sort of in the vein of what you're doing here as well big on nostalgia mm-hmm. big on um the 2000s so you can listen to that anywhere you listen to podcasts and yeah thank you so much for having me sophie Thank you for listening to this episode of It's an S-Pod Thing. It was edited by Alex Blondek with music by William Kitchener. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one, please subscribe and leave us a good review.